Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Two Europeans in Korea. Uh, thanks a lot to all of you for like uh, commenting on our videos and following us. Today, we have a very special guest from the US, Blake. Hello, Blake. Hey, how's it going? Man, thanks for being oh, on the show. Welcome. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me here. You guys actually met for the first time today, right? Yeah, I just met him yeah. and I didn't really ask him anything about him just because I want to hear now okay. on the podcast. I mean, Blake, we are friends for a couple of years now. Yeah, I think met about two years ago. Through another friend yeah. who is now living in another country. Yeah. Like almost all foreigners that kind of leave from time to time. Like Korea feels like a kindergarten most of the times. <laughs> People come here for a couple of years and they go to another school, in this case, into another country. Yeah, I've and heard it described as that or camp or something. Not kindergarten, it's like university. Or summer camp. <laughs> or su summer, summer camp. <laughs> yeah, I've heard it described like that. But. I mean, that's a legit description though. Like most foreigners come here and stay for a couple of years yeah. and then they leave for but various reasons. I was warned of it like the first year that I came here. Um, most people told me that, but I, I, I don't know. I guess I thought either I would never stay this long or that the culture would change a little bit. But yeah, it seems like after you get past a certain point, there's no living. So it's either like they're gone in the first four to five years max or it's forever. <laughs> How long has it been for you now? Uh, it's about 11 years. Wow. And Alberto, you said you're Thir about the 13. Same? 13, 13 yeah. Yeah. I'm still a Korean baby. <laughs> you're from yeah you're a korean kindergarten uh, five years five wow i thought i thought it was longer for some reason because i left in between a couple times and i always came back because i missed it so much yeah i always i i try to like i don't know make it feel like less time to myself maybe to like justify things because it's like i left at one point after the first 13 months i left for maybe i think that was about six months and then at this point really i'm, I'm here about like eight months out of the year and then I'm, I'm coming and going for the other, the other like two months in the winter, two months in the summer. So it's really only two thirds of the year that I'm actually here. So I don't know, usually that's just a justification like for my lower Korean level for the most part. But, but you're not only going home, you're also traveling to Southeast Asia. Yeah. That's what I remember. Yeah, yeah, it's either, it's, these days it's been more um, as like, I've had lots of nieces and nephews born and stuff like that. And um, my brothers and sisters getting married. So it's more time going, going home at home, this right. point. Yeah, yeah. But originally it was a lot of traveling, still well, traveling, and but trying to see my family a little bit more, maybe being less selfish at this point. So <laughs> what, what brought you here, Blake? Um, I came fairly soon right after university. And I mean, really it was, um, I was looking to live abroad basically mm. Uh, almost anywhere, but I was I was looking a lot at South uh, South America, mm -mm. and I was looking for jobs there. Just maybe I could work on a cruise ship, maybe I could work for a hotel or do whatever. And um, at that time, there was just like any any type of site you would go to for mm -hmm. looking about living abroad or or uh, any type of jobs abroad. Right. It would just it wouldn't matter what you yeah you just posted or abroad, anything. Right that well people people would send you emails like crazy like you could just be like i'm looking for a job in honduras or whatever and it's just like come work in korea instead you know <laughs> we'll we'll hire you next month or something like that wow. so it was uh, uh and then i had one friend here so i was like well i mean i don't know anything about korea but a year is not that long we'll do one year and then you know travel yeah, around. let's see what happens right yeah pretty much and, and then, the one year turned now into 11. Yeah, so and, and so you came. That's how things happen. Teaching English at the beginning. Yeah, it? yeah. I, I lived in Incheon, like way out in Incheon, um, for like thirteen months. And while I was there, um, I I met tons of people. A lot met lots of people in uh, in Seoul, and then like through my my uh, jujitsu gym that I was practicing at, met tons of people. And and so uh, you know, I don't think I was ready to go home at that point. Like maybe two years would have been enough for me, but I went home for a bit and then i was just basically in the back of my mind wanting to come back the whole yeah, time i so. asked you that because you you came as an as an english teacher and after 11 years you're like a jujitsu teacher right yeah that was well it was nothing that i planned to get into but you know i, I could see that that uh, jujitsu was something that was growing here and there was a lot of opportunity for it um, when i came it was like very little um it was not really a big thing in Korea. I uh, I would just tell people, oh, it's it's judo because they didn't really know what I was right. talking about, but everyone knew judo and stuff. But uh, I could see it was getting popular, and it was like um, 
there's a lot of opportunity for it. And also the, just the, the Korean culture with sports, yeah. you know, that mm, like people don't really go halfway with it. Right. Yeah. They're, they're, they're like really, full yeah, in. Yeah. yeah. So I could see like, Oh, this is, this is a trend that will catch did, on. Did yeah. you start here? No, I started in, uh, in the U.S. So um, you were doing jiu-jitsu already, right? Yeah, so from when I was young, uh, from like 11 years old, I did wrestling oh, okay. for like seven years, which is, is principally, has a lot of similar principles to jiu-jitsu. So ended up getting injured really bad uh, the end of high school, and so couldn't really do it in university, but I still wanted to do something similar. Um, didn't want to get fat or anything, so it's like, I got to find something. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, going to the treadmill and stuff was not cutting it for me. I, yeah. I couldn't do that. So luckily I found, uh, I found this club at my university. And, like, you know, within a year I was basically, this is what I care about. The university is, like, secondary a little bit. Right. So, man, yeah. what's, what's jiu-jitsu? Because I guess m many people don't, don't even know that. Yeah. It's, I know it's from Brazil, but I don't, even, I don't really know. Yeah, it, it's, it's actually a fairly complicated story to go through all of it, but I'd try to do as, as short as possible. So yeah. like, uh, during originally jujitsu was in, it was Japanese obviously, oh, but, okay. um, during the Meiji restoration, they yeah. kind of basically put, uh, less emphasis, you know, they took away the swords and tried to, you know, not really outlaw, but well, maybe they did. I don't know the exact history of it, mm -hmm. but kind of martial arts were, were kind of suppressed a little right. bit. So, uh, this guy Kano, uh, wanted, still wanted all the benefits of the martial arts without like the violence and stuff like that. So he started up judo, which was basically okay. just the rebranding of jujitsu at that point to make it maybe more palatable for the government and all that. Um, uh, but it was, it was basically still the same as what jujitsu is today. And some Japanese immigrants to Brazil, there's a big <sighs> influx of Japanese immigrants. Yeah. Like I guess right around like the 1910s or so, okay. had brought it into Brazil. Um, okay. He's kind of ambassadors for the sport. And there it kind of incubated as this, um, maybe jujitsu kind of in its original form a little bit, where it was really, um, really about like the chokes and the submissions right. and more self-defense oriented. Um, and it kind of changed there as well, like with the Brazilian uh, culture, where it, like just fighting was a, kind Come of a big thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of merged with that. A lot of the guys like were doing capoeira and jujitsu and stuff, and were doing these what they called like luta libre fights, which was basically pretty similar to modern day UFC MMA. Mm. And uh, yeah, so it stayed there for a long time and kind of did its own thing. Meanwhile, in Japan, uh, judo was becoming really, really focused on the throwing aspects, mm. less about the the groundwork, what they call newaza, which is more the the submissions and the wrestling on the ground. Um, and that became like Olympic sport. So more and more rules and, uh, things like that. And, and I wouldn't say watered down, it just changed. And, um, and, uh, then jujitsu, Brazilian jujitsu really came on the scene with the, the beginning of the UFC where right. it was like shown then to the, instead of just being in Brazil where like basically no one outside of Brazil knew about it at that point. What's the portion of jujitsu fighters in the MMA right now? Do you know? uh, I would say a hundred percent have done mm -hmm. some sort of jujitsu training right. or what we call like submission grappling, which is, um, which is heavily influenced still. It's just, if you go to a normal jujitsu gym, it's, you have the kimono on and all that, but, um, we also take it off and just wear like a rash guard and shorts, um, to simulate, like, you know, you don't have the grips of the fabrics mm -mm -mm -mm. of the, of the collar and the belt and all that. So, um, everyone's done some sort of, uh, submission grappling. Or so something that is had, there's no one that's uh, like never even touched it. They've done some practice with it, whether they're even like still very low level on that, they, it has some influence on their game. So would you describe yeah. jujitsu as somewhat of the base layer of the ground game when it comes to MMA? Yeah. When, you, when you say everybody has done it right. to some extent, yeah. then there must be... Oh yeah, 100% is one of the, the like basic tenets. I would say that modern day uh, MMA at this point is usually broken into the stand-up, which is, you know, boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai mm -hmm. dominated. And then the groundwork, which is um, mostly uh, jiu-jitsu, um, also some wrestling mixed in and stuff like that. But um, for the most part, jiu-jitsu dominates that. And then the transition between those two um, from going from standing to the ground is like where wrestling is the most dominant. So the three like pillars of, of, uh, 
modern day MMA would be like the, the kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, and then wrestling is kind of the transition between those. Is it really big in Korea, jiu-jitsu? Yeah, at this point, I'm not exactly sure what really kicked mm -hmm. it off, but um, there, was, there was a certain point where it's just like everyone suddenly knows about it after these two years, and then I just saw the, the attendance and like the amount of gyms skyrocket, and I, uh, some of it was that like when I first came here, there were three black belts in the country. All right. Yeah, total, like I think wow. two or three, and one of them was my coach, uh, John Frankel, uh, Uh, well, my, my coach is uh, named Changguk. He's a student of John Frankel. He was the one who brought it from the States here. Mm -hmm. um, he's actually a, a Harvard grad that is a professor here. But wow. he, he brought, yeah. So, And he's teaching jiu-jitsu. Yeah, it, it's, 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 not, it's not as like brutish of a sport as, right. think, as, as the reputation would have it. And um, so it was like him and uh, one of his black belts, Steve Kapner, like his first black belt. Then maybe one other guy, I think a, a Korean guy who was under a different person. And then um, at this point, there's maybe like 500 black belts, something like that. Wow, so crazy. went up really fast. That's a, it's a big increase when you consider it like takes 10 years. In 10 years, it's huge, yeah. right? What are you now? Yeah. Uh, are you black, black belt? belt? Yeah, I'm a first Don black belt. So it's like one stripe on it. I got that about, uh, I got my black belt here four years ago. It, yeah. it, it could kill you. That's what it means. <laughs> if it means. Mm, it's, it has its limits. <laughs> Yeah, where, mean, size, where are, size still matters. You know, where where are the limits, though? Um, if, you, if you imagine a situation, I don't know, maybe you're out with your friends. Are you, is, is it illegal for you to be on, in a fight? No, 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 no. All that. There, you know, boxers, they can't be in a, on a fight, in a fight. There's a lot of, like, these, uh, these like, urban legend type things like that, where, uh -huh. like, oh, pe you have to register at the police office or stuff But like that. That's, But, that's, um, you know, I've never been in a fight, never really plan to yeah, but, of course. So, i've never really looked into it but I, i mean i think if you had if you hurt someone badly you would probably be get less favorable treatment in yeah, court probably. but um i don't know never never something i've really uh, thought about how many students do you have so uh the gym that i was teaching at unfortunately because of the covid virus oh, yeah, has has course. gone under um but and I've, i've taught kind of here and there at other gyms but so at the moment kind of Um, looking for a place <laughs> or seeing if one will come up in the future. Wow. Yeah. Could, could you talk us to one of your usual days, including jujitsu classes back in the days before COVID oh, yeah, and the moment teaching is English? Yeah, so messed up, but yeah, it's, a, it's so, um, it's changed a lot because I mean, I've done a lot of stuff here and there. It's just, I, um, I guess one of the things that keeps me here is it's just as stuff comes up, you know, opportunities come up, I just kind of try to take advantage of most of them as I can. But yeah, I would usually get up, you know, I go and teach maybe two classes, possibly three, something like that. So I'd go from the university after teaching English to usually I would do my own training um, uh, in between there. So just run to the gym, do my own training. Or if I didn't have time for that, just uh, do like a, you know, calisthenic workout, something like that. And then go from that gym to uh, teaching students and then come home, eat, do it again, basically. But I was always, uh, I was, I've always been, you know, teaching English maybe like four days a week, teaching jujitsu anywhere from like two to five days a week. So it's always, it's always like overlapping in different ways, different schedule all the time. Um, so it, some days, you know, I'm free, do nothing. Other days it's like morning to night, just... Is, is the way of training in Korea different from, from the States? No, it's, it's pretty standard. Most places I've gone, um, it varies more coach to coach, I would say, than, um, than like culturally. Although mm -hmm. there, there are some big differences for sure. Um, for example? So the, most of the moves, the techniques, um, the, way, the way class is structured is, is usually the same. There's a, you know, there's a warm-up period. There's a period of technique um, that you focus on. And then like usually anywhere from 50% to the last 30% of the class is just live sparring mm -hmm. where you just match up with people, go for a certain time. But, um, you know, most of the people's, the jujitsu is like highly stylistic, mm -hmm. um, which is one of the things I like it a lot, uh, about it a lot. It's, it allows for a high degree of creativity, um, based on, you know, your personality, mm -hmm. but probably more than anything based on your body type, it's right. going to favor a lot of different things. So, um, You know, I, I went from 
being in the U.S. where I was like one of the smallest people in the gym to like jujitsu, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I might be like dominating people on size. So it's it's very different from that. You're not going to do the same things, you know, as as a smaller guy. Um, and along with that, they you know tend to be there's a massive difference, I'd say, in flexibility here. They're uh, much better. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're amazing. So it's something I'm, I've been trying to work on a lot because I, like, I thought I was all right, but I come here and I'm like, I can't touch my toes and, and, and they're getting in positions where I'm just like, I, I really got to work on this. So I've been really, really focused in trying to do that for like the last three years. Like I got to do something about this, especially as your body starts right, to break right. down, you know? So, um, they, they have a much more like loose kind of right. very stretchy game there's a lot of techniques they do that like some people just can't do if you don't have that flexibility how about the intensity level is there any difference um i would say originally when i came here it was it was um yeah a lot a little bit softer a little bit more like playful in that way okay where people were not like trying to kill each other as much in in the u.s <laughs> i saw it was uh it was like much more uh uh MMA related so there are a lot of these like former wrestlers that were just big and there most of these guys were were in it to, it was also um you know a lot earlier in in jiu-jitsu's mm. development where there was like MMA and jiu-jitsu were almost inseparable like uh mm -hmm. if you're doing jiu-jitsu you were gonna do MMA you're gonna like fight professionally mm -hmm. at some point um and here uh it was you know there are a lot of people that had no no interest in MMA no interest <laughs> in ever going to fight they're just trying to get fit and stuff so I mean, sometimes in the in the U.S., you'd really have guys go out there to like kill you, and especially like someone on their first day or was not going to get beat by someone like smaller than them. Mm. That's they maybe they couldn't handle that as much. So it was a little bit um, more, I'd say, not as as intense. Mm -hmm. um, I'd say that in Korea, it's kind of stayed like that. UFC people have kind of calmed down a little bit and right. learned. <laughs> yeah, it's more, more focused on, on the techniques, on learning yeah. techniques, right? Yeah, yeah, and it still varies a lot, uh, gym to gym. But um, there, there's kind of, it's it's etiquette wise. If you're if you if you let your kind of your ego go away from you and you let like tempers flare and stuff, it's really looked down upon. And that's just more like a jujitsu cultural thing. Interesting. Have you ever tried any Korean martial arts? Like uh, I don't know, Taekwondo or young or these kind of things? No, no. I actually, I, I, I'm so focused on uh, like jujitsu. I've, I've practiced MMA here with, uh, with some guys and uh, that have obviously a lot of experience with Taekwondo or different stuff. But I've never gone myself and, and like done, um, done any um, Taekwondo or stuff like that. Although um, a lot of, at least in, in our gym, our, well, our team, we have like, so I'm under in a uh, team called uh, John Frankel. And he, mm -hmm. under that umbrella, there's a, there's a number of different gyms. So um, most of the <clears throat> early generation of jiu-jitsu guys here, <clears throat> sorry. They were coming from Taekwondo probably, right? They were actually, most of them were coming from Hapkido. Ah, Hapkido. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, Hapkido had much more, uh, it has a lot of grappling incorporated right. in it. And a lot of the moves are actually almost identical or very similar to jujitsu. So it was, um, they were doing it maybe originally to supplement their, their Hapkido and then like became more focused on jujitsu. Wow, man. Yeah. From How about Italy? Are people generally interested in MMA, fighting sports? Uh, yeah, we are. We are. We only have a professional fighter, I think. One? J just, just one good guy, from the, what I know. There was a guy, he actually fought this weekend. From oh, really? Italy. Yeah, the, I've just, this last year or two, seen a couple Italian fighters there. Yeah, we're, so, we don't have many. I think Korea is better than Italy yeah. on, in MMA. How I, about I Germany? Guess. Do we have any ge good German guys? Uh, there was one really good guy. Uh, he was, because they have... A decent is judo, I think, and there was a judo guy who was really big for a while. He was like, uh, I think it was a, um, a policeman there. I cannot remember his name though. But yeah, there were a couple, couple German dudes. In Italy, yeah. uh, judo is big. We 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 won lots of you know medals of the Olympics in judo, karate, mm -hmm. taekwondo as well. We're good in taekwondo. Yeah, MMA or no. I think we, it, you'll you'll probably somewhere. see it though yeah. because it, course, as it becomes man. more global, all over the world. Guys, yeah, yeah. yeah, of course. And it's one of those it's one of those uh, sports too, where it's like I mean, there's in in the UFC at the moment there are two, I think there are two of the weight class champions 
are um, Nigeria. Yeah, there's Nigeria. like two oh, Nigerian oh. champions and stuff. And it's one of those uh, sports where it's it's like soccer or something where mm -hmm. it, there's no like it's you know anyone can train fighting pretty yeah, much right, anywhere. Right, so right. there's the potential for there to be a, a you know a world champion from about right, any more. country. So I think it has tons of global appeal. How about so your that. personal story? Have you fought any professional fights? Were uh, you involved? <laughs> yeah, did you also fight? Yeah, I did in the States. Um, uh, but it was, that's, uh, we could probably do a whole podcast on that because it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it was kind of crazy. Uh, it was very Wild West-like. Um, so as I, as I told you, I've never been in a fight, at least in my adult life. I have no plans to. But when I was starting jujitsu, this was back in the early 2000s and stuff. And at that point, it didn't have the. It wasn't like such a big thing. I didn't even know that much about it. So I was like, "Does this really work?" I'm not even sure. I was I was only training for maybe four years or something. But I I wasn't convinced that like this, if someone attacks me, work. this is really going to work. And I'm like, I'm not going to be in a fight. So the only way to do this is to just go and enter a fight, you know. And so I I started MMA for that reason because I I wanted to see this actually working in action so that it doesn't work <laughs> uh it did for me at least uh, most <laughs> i would say like 90 percent of the time although i was fighting very extremely low level but it was kind of funny like you would at that point it was un completely unregulated there was no testing they would like you'd basically come way in and if and they might match you up uh with someone so my first fight i think i was 20 or something and i had uh, a guy i knew was like yeah come to this place we'll get you like a, a fight I'm like, okay, I'm really nervous, but I'll do that. And then that, that night, it was in this, like, little place, just huge cloud of smoke, like, very rednecky, I would say, mm -hmm. It'd be in, like, kind of the country area. Ended up fighting, like, three times in that night in a tournament. Oh, and yourself fought yeah, three times? Yeah, yeah, I thought I was doing a fight, and it was, wow. um, so I did, like, uh, I don't even know, 13, 14 fights like that, but it was, it was literally just kind of, you would show up somewhere, Okay, uh, will you fight this guy? Okay, sure. How much are you going to give me? Oh, hundred dollars, something like that. I think the most I ever, the most oh, I ever that's won. That's cool. It's like it's like Fight Club. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, most I ever really made cool. was like seven hundred dollars for a fight. Wow. Uh, and that was they they t called me the night before. That's not bad when you're like 20 years old. Well, I was like uh, at that point, I think I was like 24 or something, and uh, and it was like I was coaching wrestling during the day. I would finish that, go train, and then work the night shift in this warehouse. <laughs> so literally, uh, they, they called me the night before. Hey, can you come do this fight? I'm really, uh, you know, I'm making student loan payments. At that point, my student loan payment per month was $700. And they said, oh, wow. we'll pay you $700. So I said, okay, I'm there. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> so I went, I fought, first fight on the card, fought, and then it's like, okay, All right, can you give me my money before we leave? Uh, because I got to go work tonight. <laughs> I have to go work to my job in the warehouse, you know, with a black eye and stuff. And and, that's a good part-time job. And you couldn't, yeah, you couldn't trust any of these guys. They're like, oh, we'll just, we'll mail you your check. Don't worry about it. I'm like, I'm not leaving here without Until money. Yeah, right. <laughs> I need cash in hand. And is it like you're walking into the stadium and you have, probably not even a stadium, stadium right? Most of the time it was in a bar. Like a yeah. Bar, yeah, I fought in a bar, bar like three times. Uh, like I fought in a strip mall. And do um, <laughs> I felt, uh, like Amer not anything with strippers, strip, like strip mall in America, oh, okay. you know. Yeah, and all kinds of places. Uh, sometimes these little stadiums. But my, my very last fight was like two months before I... Uh, came to Korea. Korea the last one I lost it was like okay probably actually need to learn how to kickbox I got I got need in the forehead wow. I don't know if you can see here I got like something like 40 stitches to oh my yeah, forehead. yeah so and was, that's yeah. from your your last fight yeah yeah and that was so that was stopped on a doctor stoppage and I came to Korea like three months later than that after that and probably like mm, that's probably enough and then your professional <laughs> career stopped officially after that you have no professional fight i want i want to call it exactly professional but it, i didn't do any fights after that i still practice with some uh some some guys that fight in the ufc and um a few mma guys but uh my my kickboxing my boxing is terrible so i want to consider myself a professional in any see, way see. yeah and blake what what is like i mean You could be teaching jujitsu back in the States, isn't it? Um, What is like uh, keeping you here in Korea, if I can ask you? I mean, I think you could, depending on... It's very locational in the U.S. There's somewhere it's like 
very ripe for some gyms other places where it's um there you know you would have to be like a world championship uh, oh, okay. to, to go share so it really depends on the place also for um for the most part uh if if you're teaching at a gym it's because you own the gym oh right. so um that's that's a limitation also you're going to be just getting paid a salary compared to um you know basically getting a part of all the students mm -mm. there so um it's uh i never set out to teach it was just people had asked me to come in and right. do classes or fill in for them and then it, it one thing led to another it's, it was never my like my my aim it was something i wanted to mm. do but it wasn't uh it's like more a passion that, that became a job yeah it? yeah it was it was that it was the same reason i was doing mma i was like well this is costing me money to like buy the kimonos and right. go to the gym. If I can just make enough to cover that then and cover my rent. I mean, I don't really need much else. I'm, I've never had like aspirations to, you know, be rich or have a oh, lot yeah. of things. It was just, as long as I can go to jujitsu every day, that's you're happy. I'm at, yeah, it keeps me happy. It's really the only thing that has uh, constantly, you know, I've never got bored of it's uh, brought me constant happiness. Yeah. Oh, really cool. So keep staying here, I guess it was just, I mean, I, I feel like I have a very, very comfortable situation in Korea, mm -hmm. um, uh, and it seems a little bit, uh, I don't know, maybe reckless or just, um, I don't want to let that go, and, it's, it, and mm -hmm. I can do all the things that make me happy for the most right, part, right. So, so why change it? You know? I ask you because actually, uh, you know, sometimes people think that it's, it could be easy to live here as a foreigner, especially as a, probably a white guy or an American. Yeah. And it's not easy, actually, at all. I mean, especially to stay here for 11 years in, in a city like Seoul, which is a huge city, it's very competitive. So that's yeah. why I was asking you. I, it, it's not easy. I mean, of course, you, you, I think you did great, you know, teaching English, teaching Jiu-Jitsu and building up your, your own life here in Korea. That's yeah. Why. Yeah. I, I can see why people think that and I mean it's in some degree it's true it's just it's just not as simple as that it's like yeah, well, right. you can get this job the same English teaching job super easy or you could work at a hallguan tomorrow it's like yeah but what else can you do besides right. that it's like right. I would I would call it more comfortable um, but as far and the other thing like a, a big thing that we've talked about everyone talks about is like constantly you have this uh this turnover of friends and people that you know leaving yeah and not having this that not having like a real base always here that you'll never have like that exactly that family but for uh, each and every foreigner living in korea is somewhat tough yeah but yeah, it's yeah. about finding opportunities and then grabbing right. them exactly and if yeah. you can do that you can make yourself a comfortable life in but, korea and i also think you need to have something to give if you mm. have nothing to give i mean Blake had something to give. He was like, you know, is a jitsu teacher. So otherwise, otherwise you have to work to work at, a, at the hog one forever. And it's not easy either. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. a hard job as well. And, and especially in these days, they look for people who are like, uh, yeah, I agree completely. It is, it's, it's really what you make of it. Um, I think, uh, one of the things that people find is that they have a lot of opportunities or, or a lot of free time overall and like maybe a, a comfortable excess income but if you don't do anything with that i mean like you see you see the people amount of people that just get hooked on the soju and just right. they, they got this uh, <laughs> they have a comfortable life and they become alcoholics with it because they're not filling that they're not filling that um that that free time that void of of uh um or these um be get, getting a group of friends or or something like that and talking about soju let's talk about one of your other passion oh yeah you you're you're can we talk about that you're about to take over a pub right yeah yeah is yeah. it official yet can we talk about it oh yeah, yeah. It? no it's it's fine um we don't have the name on the on the deed yet but it's i would say it's it's a done deal so i don't know when this will come about but um beginning of july where uh me and some friends again this is all like um i'm so happy to have that this like uh, a adopted family of jujitsu yeah. where I, most of the people I've met and I've met like some amazing people there. Most of my relationships in Korea have come from that base of having, you know, friends and a team, um, to, to meet people in like, a, a safety net, if you will, of, of same as you would, uh, 
your, your family back home. So there are guys that I do jiu-jitsu with. We, our gym is in Sinchon. And so, you know, because of that, we do play sheiks and stuff mm-hmm. and, you know, grab a beer after practice. And we'd always go to this beer, uh, this bar called Beer O'Clock, which mm-hmm. is in the, the Yunde area. Um, and so it was, we, obviously you go there like a night a week, you get to know yeah, the owners right. and stuff. So, yeah. And it's, it's, um, it's changed owners once before, once or twice before it's like, as people go, you know, it's a, it's, eh, it's a foreign bar, but it has a very mixed clientele. I would say it is, it has that good, happy medium. Mm-hmm. Have you been there? Alberto? No. Beer clock? I probably did. I don't know. Probably I went there not for drinking, but for selling beer. When I used to work in a beer company. Oh yeah. But I don't remember. I've been yeah. a couple of times. I've been I've been yeah. everywhere, you know, on the when it was selling beer. So. Yeah, it's not a big place, but it's it's been around for a long time, so I feel like it's yeah, safe and, and been around for ten years. Are you gonna so. change the name? Are you gonna change the layout? Um, no, no, I think we'll we'll try to keep a lot of stuff the same because it has been, you know, for a bar to be open and in a bar or restaurant in Korea to survive for like 10 years is <laughs> in Seoul. Is, it's an institution almost. Yeah, it's uh, especially in that area. It's it's there's not really any there. There used to be a few bars that were somewhat like it that have kind of uh, all left since then. So don't want to mess with a good thing too much. But, um, you know, we, we have a few. We'll try to maybe expand the menu, um, do some different things with the maybe the beer, um, but not change too much uh, uh, because it's doing it's been doing well. So. Are, are there many foreigners like owing a pub or like running a pub in uh, from what you know? Yeah, definitely in like the HBC area and in Itaewon-ish, probably more Gyeonggi-dan, um, yeah. Haebongchan area is where most of it is, I think. Sure. There are some yeah. major companies like owing bars, many of them. Most of them are like owned by Koreans. Uh, I know there's a guy, a Canadian guy is a friend of mine who owns quite a lot of places. But he's together with some other Korean guys. Mm. Korean guys, yeah. We, there are actually many foreigners running a place. Yeah, I think to actually uh, own it, like have your name on it, I, it's not it, easy, v- of course. Yeah, visa-wise too, there's some complications. You there, need a so. spouse visa, or you need a, you know a citizenship. These yeah. Kind of things. Otherwise, you can't you can't be on the papers as a CEO, so as the owner. At least it's some sort of F visa, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Like which visa do you have right now? I I did the I got the F two dash nine nine, so it's the one through the point program. Yeah. Yeah. So you so you could probably be on 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 the papers as a as the owner. Yeah. This is what we're planning. Unless something comes up, that's that's what we're planning through that. So. Wow, yeah. cool. And do you do you brew beer as well? Yeah. Are you into beer? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was, uh, it was something that, um, again, like, I don't know. I think uh, just living abroad, you, the best part about it, I think is that you, you practice like adaptability. And I, I think you're just, you're, you're going right. to be continue to learn whether you want to or not. Just things come up, you know, that just, um, like we said, it's a, uh, it's very comfortable living here, but that, that degree of discomfort, the, makes you makes you have to like learn new things always like learn the language learn uh, when i came here there's there was no craft beer here there was no right you know you could get like a heineken and a guinness and that was like that was it yeah that was the top shelf stuff right yeah but now now it's pretty cool that the, the craft beer scene is getting better yeah better. so I, I think there was the same thing where there was a lot of um you know lots of gyopos who, who lived in the states got a got a taste for the craft beer and mm. you know came back here and you know, wanted to brew, um, so got a brew scene starting. A lot of foreigners come in here um, who, again, it's like, well, there's not really any IPAs even on sale, so let's try making it, you know. We can import the ingredients and just make it. And so, I mean, really, literally, I think uh, the majority of the the craft beer scene that's kind of kicked off here were people that were just brewing in their apartment or something like that. And, and, you know, something, again, a a passion that they had that they never really saw it become... um, being anything more than that but opportunities come up and it's like well maybe i can turn this into something more maybe this can be a job or I, I think this is a big contribution that foreigners and koreans living abroad coming back from abroad gave to this country microbreweries microbreweries and the beer culture because when yeah. it, when i came here at the beginning it was like 90 percent of the market was korean beer and then oh, i yeah, started yeah. working for a beer company so there were just a few brands like Miller, Budweiser, I don't know, of course, Corona, Heineken, that was it. And then little by little, some other brands came in like Bissnur, Kel, Peroni, Stella Artois, et cetera. And then as Blake said, 
many foreigners or like uh, many kyopo, like Koreans coming coming back from abroad, they start like doing microbrewery, microbreweries, and now the 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 market, the beer market is, is it's really cool. It's it's getting better and better. It's not as it doesn't have the 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 diversity you have in the states or in Italy or in Germany, but still it's getting there. And the cool thing now, bef before you probably only had three three different kinds of Korean beer. Now you have the the main the main Korean big brands, and then you have a lot of small small like uh, homebrew beers, which are actually pretty good, cool. and they're made made in Korea. They're like uh, brewed in Korea. Yeah, and you, I mean, you even see them at this point. I, I mean, as it got bigger, I was like, oh, this is awesome. It's really shooting up. Yeah. I never thought it would get to the point it is now where they're on sale at E-Mart and Home right, Plus everywhere. Right. Yeah. I, I remember walking into your apartment once or twice, and you had self-brewed beer in there, no? Do yeah, you remember yeah. that, right? Wow. Yeah, I do in the apartment. That's, That's really uh, I mean, cool. So I've I do can, I can yeah. approve. Yeah. I can oh, approve. If it's approved <laughs> by a German guy, then... Beer is uh, beer is tough though, so I've I've kind of it's not easy to brew with yeah. beer, isn't it? Yeah, I've I've gone back on that a bit because it's just time wise, it's very very. Um, and then also if it if it doesn't come out well, then you got like twenty liters of yeah. just you gotta drink it all. <laughs> yeah, either that you gotta just choke it down or just dump it down the drain, which I've never been able to do. It's just how long does it take? So. How long does it take approximately? Um, the brew day can take anywhere from like uh, six to eight hours. The day to like make it, but then it sits in a fermenter for two weeks, and then it might be like a couple more hours to bottle it all, and has to sit in the bottle for two weeks, and then. It really should age more like a month after that mm -hmm. so it's like uh <laughs> it made sense when there's literally nothing to buy but when you can just buy the four for tens now and stuff like that yeah. the the four cans for for a mono it's, it's like it doesn't really make sense but um uh i've started doing cider since since that wow. because it's about a million times easier and uh about a fourth of the price and <laughs> yeah not as much cider around. Seems are, like are, you're the perfect guy to open a bar. Are, are you selling it or are you just brewing, making oh, it for yourself or, or yeah. for friends? Or? Um, I've, I've never uh, been able to keep a surplus around. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, but, uh, yeah, but maybe eventually. I'm trying to uh, – I give a lot to like friends, bring it to parties or do whatever. But that, that's something that we've thought about if in, in the future – like. Um, cider is kind of a big thing, obviously in Europe. I don't know, of course, definitely yeah. in Italy and in, in, in the UK. Yeah, in the UK is huge. Is it very big in Italy or, or Germany? In Italy, no, really. In Germany, yeah. it's coming. Yeah. So in the states, it was never a thing, but it it is recently, and I think it's slightly catching on here. And you know, you can kind of see trends mm, as they like right. move, and um, it, I could see it being something that would come into Korea. So if it's if you can get ahead of these trends here, then it's you know, um, there's potential for, for having um, will, will like you, opportunity there. So. Will you also be working at the bar? Uh, will be you you staying more yeah. or less in the back? Yeah, as ne no, I think I'll work as needed. Um, uh, but we'll see um, what my schedule will allow. As uh, since uh, the gym I was working at has closed for Corona, that's. Uh, I'll be more free to at night, but um, how much I, I don't think I want to be there every single night, but um, as needed, I, th I think I will. I think it'd be fun too, you know, the, um, you know, like, like watching movies and stuff to be the barman and yeah. <laughs> it's a reason to get out of the house. Next stuff, month so. is officially opening or is it possible to get pushed back once more because of the whole situation? Um, so it's open now. We're, we'll just be taking over at that point so as long as the unless we get like held up with the paperwork and stuff like that i think because uh, uh um i think the owners uh we've kind of dragged our feet a little bit and with the corona thing it's made it a little bit um trickier but i yeah i think so from july 1st we should be taking over so wow, that's great. Great. i'll probably train a little there um beforehand uh hopefully get the it's going to be exciting some. it's somewhat of a new chapter no yeah i mean for me um Especially if I'm there a lot, a lot more than I than I think. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm very excited about it. It's like my first kind of investing in something. So rather than just like working for someone, that's the you know I think everyone's goal, right? To have your own yeah, thing. Man. So we're definitely gonna go and grab a beer oh, for sure, after man. you open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay. We'll give you a, a couple of rounds on the house. So. Yeah, if, if, if you can provide a, like a ten percent discount to our, to our subscribers. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, mention <laughs> you saw me on this podcast for sure. You're getting something for free. So and then, then you can have you can have uh, jujitsu fights. Yeah, well, it's, uh, well we're, we're hoping to open up every Sunday, show the UFC, and uh, at yeah, some point cool. do things like that. And yeah, so. I, I liked a lot what you said before. You said like you know that living abroad, you learn adaptability. Yeah, for sure. It's really cool. I think it's the same for for all of us. For Timo, for me, it was the same. You when you're abroad, you you don't have all you know. You don't have your parents, your family to support you. You're like alone, and you need to adapt yourself to the situation. And I think it's it's true. That's the best way to to survive at the beginning, and then to build up a nice life abroad. Mm -hmm. It's adaptability and also to to do what you're doing. This is like a, a try to understand what's the trend, the new trend going on, like as, as you did with jujitsu at the beginning. And then if you like it, if it's something you can do, then just, you know, try to do it. And yeah, and then you made it at me at the end. I think, too, is uh, if, if you follow your passions, what you really care about. I mean, it, something might come of it, maybe not, but I, I, I don't know. I feel like you'll be happier in the long run. And I think a lot of people, when they, when they, if you're living abroad, like you're not going to have that normal of a life. Right, <laughs> it's right, just not right. going to happen it's if you stay abroad normal, too right. long, right? And um, I bet. Yeah. Did you know that we have a movie star sitting with us uh, today? <laughs> really? Tell him. Oh, so, well, I mean, do you know the movie Wrestler? Have you seen the movie Wrestler? Is it, it was called Wrestler, right? Wrestler. Yeah, that's that's one of them I did. Uh, I mean, nothing. You're you're on TV you've, you've like done every a lot week. Of movies? No, no, yeah, I just I just I did uh, I did a commercial for some cell phone game. What was it? It was called uh, Guild of Honor, and okay. and then uh, so like I mean, obviously I'm not. I can't act or anything like that, but yeah, you know, it's, a, it's a thing that people do here where if they need a, um, you know, a foreign yeah, looking person for this course. certain thing. So, uh, but especially if it's like, okay, you need to be in a fight scene here. So um, cool. I did a fight scene for, for this game, Guild of Honor. Um, wow. It played a lot. It was like in this, and you could barely tell it was me. Maybe if I like point it out, <laughs> if I'm in it, maybe like three seconds or something. Paid very well for those well, three seconds, cool. though. Yeah. Like five seconds. And then uh, the wrestler, do you know that guy's name? The, he's the actor in Lucky or something? Very he, bright white teeth. He is in so many movies, but I yeah. don't remember the name. What's the title of the movie? Uh, I think it's just The Wrestler. The, yeah. the, the wrestler. wrestler. Yeah. So if you type in Korean, The for the name Yeah, I play a uh, Kazakhstani Olympic wrestler. He has a flashback, <laughs> and it's so it's me getting wrestled, which was really cool because uh, uh, the guy wrestling me in the flashback is a is a um, he's on the um, Korean Olympic team, uh, wrestling oh, Olympic team, which cool. was really cool. Okay, so yeah, I just got thrown around by him a ton. Can you find yourself on Wikipedia? It might Are be you on mentioned? There? Uh, I know for a fact though from looking through it that they. Oh, no, no, no. This is the American one. There, oh, okay. This is, uh, yeah, yeah. There's an American movie with the oh, same right. title. But they have me listed as something like, uh, they don't <laughs> oh, have my name cool. right. It's, 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 it's no last name. It's like Richard or something like that. <laughs> Kazakhstani guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched that movie in the theater. Oh, did you really? That's, I told you, like, I wrote you a message after that. I was like, oh, okay. was that you? Oh, I wasn't no, I sure. Because... Yeah. The time on screen for we was a maximum of four to five seconds. Yeah, yeah. You had like two throws. Well, you can actually see my face. I was getting thrown around. I got thrown probably like a hundred times. Were you only fighting? Were you talking as well? No, no. It was just, ah, just it was wrestling. It was like Olympic wrestling with ah, the singles. Okay. It's like a white, wow, it's, so it's white, cool. white shot. And you see like two people wrestling with a little bit of blur as like a memory. Maybe? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, because it's a flashback and stuff. Yeah. So it's him, it's me getting thrown around, <laughs> and then there's just one shot of my face where I'm just like uh, struggling as I'm getting pinned to the ground. And you told so. me the whole four seconds took about two days, probably. Isn't 100, 200 it? throws, and you were like completely messed up after that. Oh, I had your, a bit of a headache. Was, like, gone. <laughs> it was a bit of a headache, but yeah, it was only one day filming. the The one that I did for the app game, though, that was that was pretty cool. That was like we had a rehearsal, and then it was. Uh, Oh, it was mid-December or something. Mm. We were out in Kangwondo, like literally in a pool of water, like wow. with the tank top on, and it was snowing in the background. Really cool. It was a really cool experience. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I would have done it for free, but it was yeah. It's like, and I'm getting paid to do this? It's pretty cool. Yeah, you know? man. Something I never would have got to do in the States, I can tell you that for sure. How, yeah. did you, 
how did they contact you in the first place? They, um, uh, one of the jujitsu gyms, uh, I think they contacted that oh, gym, gym and it was just like, we need a bunch of fighters. Like we need a bunch of, uh, you know, get me some boxers, get me some jujitsu guys. And we need a f um, some foreign guys that actually know how to like fight or know how to do jujitsu and stuff. And again, the same with the other one, with the, the one for the wrestler. I mean, there's a limited number of foreigners who are also like black belts yeah. or something like that. So, um, <laughs> I don't think I would have normally got picked other than having zero competition whatsoever. <laughs> I'm so mad I cannot find it. That's cool. I'm almost certain it's called The Wrestler. Yeah, it, <clears throat> at, at first it was called like Love Plus Sling or something like that. They might have changed uh, uh, the name. I'm not sure. Unfortunately, actually, I've never actually watched it. I just look for it through and, and found my little part. Um, when I we should probably actually watch it at some point. When we edit the video, yeah. we're just we're gonna put it. Any future plans in the entertainment industry? Uh, Doing more movies or that, that's that. I mean, that's the easiest money you can ever make. I think for it's like. I'm sure yours is much more difficult. It's easy if you do it once. <laughs> you actually have to speak and, if you do like it every act day, and stuff like that. Um, because you actually have to act and speak and do whatever. For, for me, it's just, okay, you Acting, do a, yeah. a little takedown or like this move that I'm doing a hundred times a day anyways. So, um, yeah, it's just sit around, get filmed, like sit around all day. And then I would like, they film you for a half hour, hour or something. Yeah. I mean, if you tell people back at home, like you're like co coaching jujitsu in Korea, in, in South Korea, in Korean, it's really cool. Yeah, lots of it, like, luckily it's a pretty basic vocabulary of like grab here, you know, twist here, do stuff like that. But when you, when you get down to like the conceptual level and, and trying to explain principles or stuff like that, I've, yeah, I really had to kind of like um, study a bit for that and probably, yeah, still need to do quite a bit more. But the so. more Korean you speak, the, the higher the chances that the Korean, external Korean keeps you here. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. for me, it's... I, the more the Korean I learned, the more I didn't want to give up. Like, oh, I made, already made it to level three. Now yeah. I cannot give up, so I have to stay here. No, I, I made I, it to level four, and now I cannot get up. At some point, it feels like it's like for, like in poetry, like you're pot committed, right? Yeah. It's like, uh, I, I'm almost there, can't stop now. Of course, as soon as you think that you're pretty decent in Korean, you then find out that, no, you're still terrible and you'll never be that great <laughs> so it's like you always have to keep studying studying it's studying. probably the same with jujitsu you know? isn't it yeah exactly you always need to improve like anything and that's one of the biggest things i think for myself at least i mean i i would recommend it to anyone is growing up you know i thought like you graduate university and that's it like your learning stops job starts you know but um i mean to be learning something new always and that's what i feel like with uh you know one of the most appealing things here was when you when you have to adapt you have to learn stuff so you right, have to learn korean right. i have to get better at jujitsu i gotta like learn how to you know brew or something if i want to um yeah. or, or now i'm gonna learn how to run a bar hopefully right, right. <laughs> and not run it into the ground you know so um to to always have something that you're learning not settle in too much something is i think one of the most important things for myself isn't it or wasn't it every man's dream to once run a bar in I, I their think, life? <laughs> so my, my roommate is Irish and I was trying to get him to go on, a, on in on it with me. I was like, it's every Irish man's dream. How can you not want to do this? But uh, yeah, I think if you drink, I'm sure it is. Yeah. To be able to, to drink at your own bar is like, yeah, it's pretty yeah cool. the ideal. So should we close? Yeah, no, I just want to ask you the last question, Blake. What's the, what's the, because you, you told us probably what's the biggest thing that, that living abroad taught you. So what's the biggest uh, lesson you got from jiu-jitsu since you've done it since you were like 11 years old? Man, uh, oh, that's actually a really tough one to think about it. But overall, I mean, I think a lot of people uh, feel this way. Um, after a certain point, like the jujitsu part's great, but it's a lot of it's that camaraderie with the, um, with like the teammates and you're mm -hmm. a part of something that very few people understand except for those people that do it with you. And it's like a very, on one hand, it's a very personal thing. Like it's, it, it does a lot to, um, to like keep me kind of level. Um, it, it always, it's always there to like, to one, the, the keep, 
keeping you in shape, it's like I almost forget about that. I'm like, oh, yeah, it like keeps you in really good shape and keeps you healthy. But it's, it's such a secondary thing because it's, uh, it's very much a lifestyle sport. And I think it's uh, at least for I always liken jujitsu a lot to like something like surfing or something. You're, mm-hmm. you're part of this like kind of tribe that that people know if, if you're committed to it and if you're like a life a lifer, if you will, you know, the, getting the black belt is like just the start. It's, you're going to, most, most people that get to that point, it's like, you're going to do that till you die. Um, and same with these people that are surfing the, it's, it's, you, we, I wouldn't consider even, uh, moving somewhere that didn't right. have jujitsu gyms or something. And I'm sure if you're like a major surfer, you can't live far from the far beach from the or beach. something. And it's this lifestyle that you're, you're connected to these people, but from this very, individual passion that you have you know and and i don't know just have that uh some like uh identity i mm-hmm. guess from it that you pull from it and like connection to people from that is is probably the thing that's given me the most wow man that's yeah. cool because people think of martial arts like as an individual sport but actually you're saying it's all about the community and people so it's yeah it's kind of really it's, it's a it's a contradiction but it, it's it's so individual but having that individual meaning connects you to other people i think wow cool man thanks a lot i i didn't i didn't know anything about jiu-jitsu before and especially here in korea so yeah thank you very much for telling us so many things and we're definitely gonna go to grab a few beers yeah yeah come in and try jiu-jitsu be sure to too. have some german beers because Timo only drinks <laughs> Do you have drinks. an international beer selection? Uh, we have a few craft beers, and uh, there's there's like not not a t- there's the Guinness and Heineken, but and a few craft beers. But you know, it might be something that we change at get, some point. Get, get a bit get more. Get rid of Heineken and put Polander. Yeah, otherwise not gonna come. Polander is good. I like that one. Yeah, but yeah, you guys too. Jump in. Uh, I, I recommend anyone try jujitsu a little bit because. It, it usually either grabs you or it doesn't, but uh, you know it's it's a, a fantastic workout that you you never have to like really think of like slogging around at the gym, throwing weights around, or sitting on a treadmill. Um, it's one of the best things as far as if you, if you want to get in shape. It's 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 never like oh, I gotta go to the gym. It's when I started, I was so excited to go every day. It was it wasn't even it was just like getting kicked out at the end uh, of the day because they have to close up was the <laughs> was the only reason i wasn't there like you know twice as long so are you saying yeah. for even for a beginner it's catchy oh i, I thought uh, when i was a beginner that's when i like absolutely loved it the most because everything's so new now it's like it just feels like brushing my teeth it's not even a do i go do i not go thing but when i started it was just like um it wasn't as big so you had a limited number of practices and it was just that's what limited you. It was never how much, you know, I would have gone every single day, twice a day if I could have at that point. Yeah. So. Wow, cool, man. Guys, come in and give any, it a try. Anyone can do it. Yeah, for sure. We're going to leave, uh, if, if, you can, if we can give you like your gym contact and then if yeah. any one of our subscribers wants to try, then yeah, so actually, just contact Blake. And <laughs> yeah, my, um, so there, there's a couple main gyms I, I, I train at. I would just, I'd recommend going to any gym, but also my roommate is, opening a gym this summer as well um, around the Myeongdong area. So, cool. yeah, that, he's a fantastic small. coach, uh, Irish guy. But, again, he t- teaches in both uh, Korean and English. So anyone can, can go to train there. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Yeah. Thanks for coming today. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks yeah, it's bye. really cool. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thanks.